game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And Mark up against the boards, gets kicked back to the line. Here's Cece, brings it across the line, over to Nurse, left side, old shoot, Scott! gets his first of the season. It turns out to be the game winner. 5-2 the Oilers over Minnesota as they finally beat the Minnesota Wild. They had lost seven straight against the Wild, but they get the win tonight. Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets three points this evening. Stuart Skinner strong in net once again. He makes 42 saves. The Oilers have won six of their last eight to get up to 16 and 12 on the season. Hope you're having a great Friday night. It's 10 after 10, live in Studio 99, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, uh, good game. I mean, I thought both teams had some good moments. I thought both goaltenders had some uh, made some excellent saves along the way, but I, I thought at the end, the Oilers just a, a little bit better, and it adds up to the win. Uh, yes, I think the Oilers' best players were better than the Wilds' best players, and the Oilers' specialty teams were remarkably better than what the Minnesota Wild went out there. The Oilers' power play won them a hockey game again. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, I, I would say what's gone into it is probably two, two and a half months of uh, trying to figure out a recipe that is sustainable over the long term. And um, I thought we played a very good hockey game today, a uh, very good first period. Um, you know, we had good special teams today, contributions up and down the lineup. It was great. Great win. Ryan Nugent Hopkins with another multi-point game here, if I'm not mistaken. Just what has he meant in, in his versatility to slide back into that center role for, for the success recently? Yeah, I think uh, Ryan is a, an excellent teammate. He does whatever the coaching staff asks of him. Uh, he's well-respected, and he does a lot of little subtle things in the game uh, that that he's having success with. So it's doing it five on five. He's doing it five on four. I thought that line has been really effective, and um, you know he's 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 doing a lot of really good stuff. It would appear that you're really comfortable putting different guys on the ice right deep into this game tonight with that yep. scenario. When that's the case for you, how much more of a flow can your whole team? Yeah, I, I like the word you use, Ryan. I thought uh, we got, you know, the penalties took us, took a few guys out of it. Um, I didn't get as much minutes for some as I wanted, um, but there were a lot of penalties in today's game. But um, I do believe that when you're playing with a flow, it benefits the entire team. You're not overtaxing anybody. Uh, it allows you to play the game at a certain pace. I thought we got out of that flow a little bit at the start second period, four or five minutes in the second period that we didn't love. We took, you know, five on three penalty and all that kind of stuff. But uh, once we got through that, we got back into it. What does it mean? to have Stuart Skinner given just the steady quality of goaltending that he has for you. Yeah, that's what we expect. That's what we expect. Um, you know, uh, we've talked a lot about it over the last, last while, but um, I've seen Stuart at a bunch of different um, levels, um, coached him in the American League, coached him in the National Hockey League. Uh, what we're seeing, I'm not surprised by, but it's also what we expect. Jay, what have uh, Yanmark and Yamamoto kind of done to kind of compliment Ryan Nugent Hopkins? That would be a good question for Ryan. Um, what I see as the coach standing behind the bench, I see Yanmark making uh, hard plays along the wall. His wall work has been good. He's getting the puck into Nugent's hands. Um, you know, I think Yanmark's a really good penalty killer as well. Um, you know, he's, he's hanging on to pucks. He doesn't just throw them away. Um, and at the same time, he guarantees the offensive blue line. He doesn't mess around with it uh, and then chase it back to our end. Uh, he's, he's pretty firm at the offensive blue line. Yamamoto, I think, coming back into our team has been a real important addition. Obviously, everybody's uh, getting a first-hand look at just how important he is to our team. I was happy to see that he got rewarded with an offensive uh, you know, a goal tonight. 
uh, because he's been all around it. Um, you know, Yamar played 19 minutes. Yamar, yep. as you talked about, and then he scores. Uh, are those two players really kind of finding their stride, do you think? Like, are, they, are they kind of at the peak of their, of their games? I think so. I think um, Yamark is taking advantage of the opportunity that he's been given. Um, you know, his start to the year didn't go the way he wanted. Uh, he ended up in the American Hockey League. He went down, worked at his game, got in, you know, he's playing big minutes, got in top shape, and uh, he's come up and he sees the opportunity that he's been given. And I believe that op opportunities multiply when they are seized. And all of a sudden, he went from a 10 or a 12-minute player, and tonight he was played 19 minutes in an important win. He's on the first penalty kill. He's trusted to go on the ice in the last minute of the game. Opportunities multiply when they're seized. Um, injuries are never really a good thing, but because of them, players like Janmark, like Costin, and others have been able to play additional minutes with them being able to do that later on in the season as players return, how much deeper can this team, will this team be and how much better can they be because of them? Yeah, I think, um, you know, since that Ranger game, and there were times where we were four or five top nine forwards out of the lineup, and now we're starting to get back to health. But when... Um, when you do have those types of injuries, you learn about the depth pieces that you have. Um, you know, we've talked about, uh, we talked about Yamark, but Costin was one of those guys that's come up. How about James Hamlin? The way he's playing the game of hockey right now, and, um, you know, I think he's added a lot to our team. Um, so we're learning about him. And as you go through an 82-game schedule and all the rigors that are associated with that, um, you need contributions from different different people. So you, you, you had some stumbles. This was a very important part of your season. You were down a bunch of guys. You had some adversity, and then you look back at things. You're you're six and two in the last eight. So what does that tell you about what what you've got in there, and and what you might be able to look forward to once you're at full strength? Well, I think what we are finding out is that we're learning that. Um, when you play towards a structure in a, and an identity, it allows you to win hockey games, uh, even if you are banged up, even if you are uh, missing important pieces. Um, and what I've seen over the last little while, um, you know, we're talking about how we're playing those third periods. I see a maturity to our game. I see an understanding of what it takes to win. Um, you know, that, that's a good hockey team we just beat tonight. They played hard and uh, they were right there, but we found a way to beat them. And uh, it's a credit to our players. This, when did they come to this realization? Did they kind of say, okay, maybe we should, maybe we should start playing this way because it's working or? <laughs> I wish I had that answer for you. Um, sometimes I think as much as everybody wants it to happen immediately, it is a process. Um, you know, there's different stages in a season. And the important thing that we're stressing as a coaching staff is the ability to get better every day. Sometimes you might not have the day you want, um, but if you learn from it, that helps you get better. And uh, I think sometimes um, lessons uh, come hard if you're deaf to them. And we want to make sure that when we are, are taught some lessons uh, in the season that, um, that we're paying attention and we use it as a growth opportunity. Jay, what are you seeing from Derek Ryan the last little while? Yeah. He looks like his game has picked up. Yeah, I see somebody, I see someone who, who understands how to play, how to play winning hockey, how to get the most out of the body that he was given. Um, you know, send him out for some big face-offs. Um, he works above the puck, and he's finding some offense. And I really liked where his goal was scored from today. And I think it's a... Um, we're talking about lessons, but I think it's a great example that if you haven't had the success you want to offensively, you go to that area where Derek went, pretty much uh, that's where most goals are scored. And the goal that was wiped out by them, why don't they just go right to the f TV and see that he whacked it in, whacked the pad? Yeah. He went through a complete rigmarole to, for a pretty obvious play. That sounds like a question for people above my pay grade. 
you knew it though that you were pretty safe. Well, we had it, we had it on the bench that that we thought it was pitch for, you know, and it was goalie interference, and we were confident. But um, you know, we were confident in our process and our understanding of the rule, and and we made the call. Thank you. Good. Thanks, guys. All right, that is Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 5-2 win over the Minnesota Wild. Derek Ryan scored early in this one. McDavid got a power play goal. Erickson Eck off a nurse turnover in the first period. They tied it. Zuccarello on the power play in the second period, but then Yamo got the tip, and in the third, Drysdale on the power play, and then Nuge with a late empty netter adding up to that 5-2 result. Rob, Ryan, Shore, and Costin, they produce offense for the second straight game and they killed some shifts in the offensive zone as well. I, I thought they were solid again. Well, it's funny. I thought they were effect effective. Uh, you notice them every time they're out there, and then you look at their minutes, and I'm like, well, as a line, they probably only played about seven minutes. But that's it. When we talked a lot the last couple of games, it's when we're getting into Jesse Pugliarvi and, and being on a third or a fourth line. This is what you want to do is understand what your role is and when you get your opportunity you make the best of it And that is you're a third or fourth liner You don't know if you're getting three minutes that game or if you're getting 13 But every time you step on the ice make it be a difference uh, Whether it's a hit getting a good clear uh, Simplifying your game and uh, they, They're enjoying themselves. They are making a difference in the game and as I was saying to Bob after the game It is a, a rush for your team on the bench when your third or fourth line score but it's a deflating moment if you're in the opposition. If you're playing the Edmonton Oilers and you're thinking the whole time, okay, Connor and Leon are probably going to get two each. Okay, if we somehow can keep those guys to two, we have a chance of winning this hockey game. And then the fourth line or third line goes out and scores a goal. You're on the Minnesota bench going, well, that just added to what we're going to have to do to come back in this hockey game because you still know that Connor and Leon are going to do what they always do. So uh, a big game for, for Ryan, a big game for Costin. Uh, sure looked good on that line. And, and Hamblin, you talked about him upstairs. So these role players, there's desperation in their game because they understand when this team gets healthy, some of them might not be here. So they want to make sure when the coach has to make a decision who we're going to put in the lineup when everyone's fully healthy, they want this uh, memory in the coach's mind that these players do the right thing every time they step on the ice. Derek Ryan's going to be our fourth star tonight as he scores for the second straight game. That is presented by... Jandell Homes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. The three stars announced in the building here. Yamo, the third star. Nugent Hopkins, the second star. And Stuart Skinner, the first star. Now, I, I don't think this quantity of shots uh, was as, as dangerous as the 50 got. Nope. The 50 Washington got the other night. But, but. but, you know, Minnesota did fire away in the third with 18 shots. And Skinner stops 42 out of 44. And, and again, Rob... Makes the saves he needed to make. He, he's strong in the goal mouth uh, scrambles, and uh, he gets another victory. Well, and you, you also, I mean, and I agree when you say it wasn't as, um, there weren't as many grade-A scoring chances as we've seen in, in other games where he's had to stand on his head. But I think he also makes it look easier than it is. I just think he's so well positioned. He, he's got a calmness about his game. Like, if you looked at the two goalies tonight, polar opposites. Fleury is acrobatic. Yeah. And he's all over the place, diving here, diving there. And, I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's a great, great goaltender. But they play completely opposite, where Skinner, Skinner is always just in the right position. He knows where to be. He holds his ground. Pucks come to him. He swallows the pucks. Uh, but, and he keeps giving the Oilers quality starts. And that's what you want from your goaltender. A quality start, give you an opportunity to win a hockey game. And Skinner uh, continues to cement himself as the, the starter on this team. And I know that Bob said it, and you talked about it before, Ed. I believe he'll be the guy in net against the Minnesota Wild in a couple nights as well. All right, so the Oilers get the win. Uh, a point, uh, sorry, a goal and an assist for Connor McDavid. He's up to 25 goals. Well, he must have played 40 <laughs> games, right? Is that what we're at right yeah, now? Yeah, exactly. That'll get him a 50-goal season. Yeah, of course, game number 28 for the <laughs> Oilers. So his, his pace is pretty good. The over-under set the line for River Creek Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it. Points by players wearing 97. I set it high at 4.5. It was under at 3. So Rick gets the $50 River Creek Resort and Casino gift card as uh, Kaprizov got one point. 
but was dangerous. I want to ask you about one play. Okay. It was a partial two-on-one, and then the Oilers got back and covered it, and Kaprizov almost came to a complete stop and spun and took a back oh. I, I I'm thinking, okay, if you're a defending team and you're telling, and with most players in the league, say, okay, this guy's going to come down, and then he's going to stop 30 feet from the net and and turn around and take a backhand, you'd be like, great. Let, let him do that all day long, right? He did not miss by much there. That was an absolute the bullet. The stick, yes. It was a bullet. Like, we, we said, what are we, 36 stories high where we are in the press box here? You could hear it hit behind the net. Like, it was a bomb that he threw off. And when he does that, I, I, I when I played, if I threw a backhand, it's because I had no other option. And I had no thought that, that puck was going to beat anybody. I'm just putting it towards the net. He did that. He expected that puck to go in. It's not the first time he's thrown a backhand at some point in a game or in a practice where he's, he's like, oh, I better just do this to get it off my stick. He was trying to score. He is creative. And I think that's what we're seeing with this new generation of hockey players. And on our team, we get to see Connor and Leon, and we get to see all these young studs come through here. They're just so much more creative nowadays. And they think of things that back in in the old days we never would have even attempted and there you're right on a two-on-one decided to make a spinner am a backhand shot and just missed going in the net so he, he's a special young hockey player that uh, uh we're gonna see for a number of years here in the western conference he signed a long-term deal uh, tonight he had a goal called back so it was got a little bit closer to your 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 call of four and a half points but the others did a pretty good job on him when when you hold him to one point you've succeeded in your game all right, so the Oilers take it 5-2. So because they have scored five or more in a game, we have turned on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. So go to our website, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. We have more post-game reaction coming from the Oilers dressing room. Also, plenty of time for your calls at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Brodeen across to Felino. Comes into the Oilers end on the right side. 30 seconds to go in the period. Jams a low for Erickson Eck. Erickson Eck gets the loose puck. He'll center that. All right, it is our crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting the hits in this game. 24 by Minnesota, 22 by Edmonton. And the Oilers win the game 5-2, so they bump up their record to 16-12 and 12 on the season. Special teams, usually a story with the Oilers, not always a positive one for Oilers fans. But tonight, the power play does what it needs to do, going 2-for-3, and the penalty kill goes 4-for-5, which 80% is, it'll bump them up <laughs> a little bit. And... I mean, I'm not saying you're ever happy to give up a goal, but the goal they gave up was basically still a two-man advantage for Minnesota. One penalty had just expired, so the Oilers' PK, I thought, had a pretty good night. Well, and then we've always talked about moments. It's when you score that power play goal or when you kill off a penalty, and the Minnesota Wild entered the third period down a goal, but on a power play for a f almost a full two minutes, and the Oilers did a good job killing that one off and were able to extend their lead not too long after that. So uh, the Oilers had the better goaltending, the Oilers had the better specialty teams, and the Oilers' stars were a little bit better than the Minnesota Wild Stars. That usually spells two points for the good guys. $500 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They are filling the net with 100 bucks for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous every time the Oilers score. 780-496-0063. We have goalie Greg on the line. Double G, go ahead. Hey, guys. No all-ups tonight, right, boys? So um, I just got a question for you. It's kind of off topic a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, I'm just wondering what you guys think. Um, you know, the Norris Trophy is handed out every year. Usually goes to the best offensive defenseman, usually. So I'm just wondering if you, what you guys think about, you know, um, you know, having a, another trophy or award, whatever you want to call it, for the best defensive defenseman, and also another award for like the most assists in the season. You got the Rocket Richard, you got the R. Ross, but assists are just as important. So I'm just wondering what you guys think about that and how you feel about that because like assists are just important. Ask Kretzky, right? So, well, the assists are important. I don't, I 
personally, uh, they're not as hard to get as goals. I mean, every goal has two assists on it, so it's twice as easy to get an assist, so I don't think they'll ever do that award. As for the best defensive defenseman, I, you know what, I could see that one. I, I do. I, I, it's not always the defense with the most points, but it's usually, usually a very good. It's good, a very offensive. A guy that can play both ways, and that's why you see Hedman a lot of the times. Um, it'd be interesting. I bet you there'd be some years that if you had that award, a defenseman could win both. A Hedman could be the best yeah. offensive and defensive defenseman in the league. But yeah, I, I'd be more apt to seeing an award for the best defensive defenseman, but I don't think anything to do with assists. Yeah, it, those awards can be, I mean, awards aren't perfect. The, the Selkie often goes to a good defensive forward who also gets a lot of points. Yes. I mean, it's not just necessarily the, <laughs> yeah. the best defensive No. Well, forward. actually, not it, I don't know if it ever is. It's, I mean, the, the guy that's winning the Selkie is, all, is a good two-way player. It's usually the best all-round yes. forward, I yes. suppose, is the way that they usually put it. Yeah, interesting question. That was Goldie Greg checking in as the Oilers beat the Minnesota Wild 5-2. We also have Alan on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Alan, go ahead. Hi, how are you? I've got uh, two positives and one negative. Okay. Uh, positive uh, is... Uh, Stuart Skinner, uh, he, to me, is going to progress and uh, give us what something like Grant Fuhrer gave us uh, for years in Edmonton. The, the kid is uh, just outstanding. Out, just when they interview him, he's outstanding. Uh, he's focused. Uh, you know, what a great young goaltender he is. And uh, number two, um, Ryan Newton Hopkins, if I ever hear anybody say that they want him traded for whoever, you don't go camping without a Swiss Army knife. I'm telling you, you don't do it. He's a, he's a great hockey player. He's probably the best pick. I mean, we're talking, Connor was a gift, but he's the best pick they've ever had. And uh, my third point is, on six on five, it, it, the thing that bothers me is, they only have one more player in a crowded quarter ice. Be aggressive, go to the puck, get the puck out. I, I, I can't stand it when they Stand around like it's penalty killing. It's not penalty like defending, killing. You mean. Yeah, they'll always do that. Uh, they, they'll, they'll wait for a bobble or a bounce or a guy's the back facing him. But if a guy's fronting you, they'll never send him aggressively. The players are too good nowadays, and there's going to be one guy wide open. So they'll never attack that way. They'll wait till the bobble happens. And once there's a bobble, then you attack. Um, I was actually surprised that the Minnesota Wild didn't pull their goalie when they had a power play with, was it five minutes to go? In the game, you're down two goals. You need two goals. So I would have pulled my goalie gone six on four at that point instead of waiting till the end of the game to pull the goalie. That was their best opportunity to get back in this hockey game. I would, I would have no, thought... No, no, that, that was Edmonton that had the power play. No, the Minnesota Wild had a power play late, late in the third period with about five, six minutes to go in the game. They had a power play. Uh, no, Kulak went off at 10.29, and then Steele went off at 14.43. Okay, 10.20. I would have pulled my goalie when Kulak got the penalty. You would have pulled with nine and a half yep. left? I would have pulled my okay. goalie. You're down two goals. You needed two goals, and they weren't creating a whole lot. You got your best players on the ice. Take full advantage of a, a power play. I mean, they got nothing out of it, and eventually by the time they pulled the goalie, it was too late. I... Allen brought up best draft picks ever. I mean, the Oilers drafted first overall. I, yeah. I, I mean, he, but he made that come up. If Skinner turns into Grant Fewer, that's going to be the best pick in Oilers history. I'm, well, I'm not was, sure. There were some other was, ones. There was the Paul Coffey. Yeah, there were some the good Messier. ones where you didn't, where you didn't get There's, first overall or yeah. high. But, uh, but uh, yeah, Nuge is having, I mean, Nuge is on pace to shatter he's his on career totals. Yeah. Like, he's, you know, over a point a game. And when you look at him, too, uh, I mean, he's getting a lot of power play points. But... He's not playing with Leon or Connor. He's he's driving his own line because those guys are now playing together with Hyman. So Nuge is having this season, and a lot of the times he's getting, well, right now it's a Yanmark and a Yamamoto. But Nuge is having a wonderful season, and a big reason that the Oilers have turned this around in their last eight games is the play of Ryan Nugent Hopkins and his line mates. The Oilers are 6-2 and two in their last eight, and here is the Nuge. Uh, yeah, I think... Um as it went along, we got better for sure. Uh, obviously, strong effort against Arizona, and then uh, followed up with a good one tonight. I thought uh, tonight everybody's going and played a pretty solid 60 minutes overall. Um, obviously, Stu made some big saves, was solid in there for us. Uh, um, but I thought overall it was one of our best 60-minute performances. To get over, sorry, to get over on these guys, 
that you guys were kind of talking about and you guys play into it? And how does it feel? To uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously each night is a new game, but at the same time, um, they've kind of had our number as of uh, recent games. So uh, we wanted to put our best foot forward here and um, needed a good start. Uh, they're a good starting team. Um, so I thought we did that, and we kind of just followed up and uh, got better at going along. A couple of games in a row here where, I mean, you're basically rolling four lines right through the whole game early on. You know, different lines are contributing. That, that makes a difference, doesn't it? Definitely. Um, I think uh, everybody's been going. Um, kind of started against Arizona. Uh, everybody was, it was getting out there, playing well offensively, getting lots of looks, uh, lots of chances, and tonight, obviously, big one to uh, to start the game out so uh, and we just kind of rallied off that. Ryan you've had a few games now with your line mates how have you felt like the chemistry has been going for you? Yeah I think it's uh, I think it's been been coming along um, we have a good mindset of just keeping it simple early and uh, building our game off that and putting pucks in obviously Ammo uh, he can get in there and uh, create a lot of loose pucks and uh, um, I think we're our best when we're just playing a cycle game and uh, working teams on well. For a long time you were centerman and then for a fairly long time you were a winger but now you're back to being center it looks like a real natural uh, transition comfort level for you uh, well I mean I've done both a fair amount now so it's it's not a huge deal for me to kind of step in uh, on either side of things so um, definitely obviously played mostly center my whole career my life growing up so it's uh, it's it's more natural to just kind of step back into that so for all the things that have kind of been working against you guys you're six and two in the last eight all right, that is Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who has a goal and two assists tonight as the Edmonton Oilers knock off the Minnesota Wild 5-2. More of your calls coming up. You're also going to hear from Zach Hyman. We are live at Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. off will jam it on goal. The save by Skinner got it with a left pad. Puck back to the point. Spurgeon's got it. Another strong start by Stuart Skinner. 42 saves. He's down 9-6 and six on the season. That's his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. The Oilers pick up the win. 5-2 over the Wilds. So they go 3-1 and one on this homestand. They're now 9-7 and seven on home ice for the season. Minnesota's record drops to 13-11-2. Their road record is 6-5-1. These teams play again on Monday. It's a home-and-home home for the Oilers. Not for Minnesota. They're in Vancouver tomorrow night. All right, let's check the scoreboard here for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Edmonton Oil Kings lost 4-2 in Red Deer. 7 o'clock tomorrow at Rogers Place. Teddy Bear Toss game presented by 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous and The Brick. Bring a teddy bear. Bring it in a plastic bag. I mean, you can cut holes in it so the bear can breathe. <laughs> but that's obviously a, a, a huge night for 630 Sands Anonymous. So uh, bring your bear. Get ready to throw it on the ice when the Oil Kings score. NHL tonight. Boston outshoots Arizona 46-16. Arizona wins 4-3. Home game for the Coyotes. Yeah, in regulation, they scored with 14 seconds left to send the home crowd into a frenzy. Two points for the Arizona Coyotes. Flyers and Golden Knights are in overtime. Tied 1-1. Sharks ring up the Ducks 6-1. Blue Jackets upend the Flames 3-1. Islanders hang on to beat the Devils 6-4. Penguins over the Sabres 4-3 in overtime. Capitals 4-1 win against Seattle. Jets get a 3-1 decision in Chicago. And the Rangers in a shootout beat the Colorado Avalanche 2-1. And, of course, right here at Rogers Place, 5-2 Edmonton over Minnesota. There you go. Uh, Raptors lost 113-109 to Orlando. Soccer scores well, was a while ago now. Both games went to penalty kicks. Both games were fantastic. I watched oh, every Kellen, second of both. Kellen, tell me when you have that goal oh, ready. I did. I listened to yeah, that. we got to play that again. Uh, Croatia and Brazil. So Croatia won. It was 1-1, but Croatia won on penalties. Uh, Argentina was up 2-0 on Netherlands. They scored well in the 83rd minute and then 10 minutes, 11 minutes into injury time, time added on. And then they went through overtime and 
and then into penalties in Argentina one. And if the Oilers are ever looking for a goaltender, they got to go to Croatia and get the <laughs> Croatian soccer goalie because he stops balls from going into the big net in the penalty kick. So these little nets on the ice will be easy. It, incredibly entertaining soccer today if anyone's a fan of that. So tomorrow, uh, 8 a.m., Morocco, Portugal, noon, England, France. Go Morocco. And here's the international call of the tying goal right before the end of, well, I was going to say 90 minutes, but of regulation time by the Netherlands. Vino de zurda, jugada preparada. was just one goal scored like in hockey if there were two goals and you know seven seconds or something like that that, that could happen where he could get them yeah, both in you go hours without a goal in soccer so that guy had really that all saved up that is unbelievable though i mean i'd be exhausted if i had to say something that long that is kind of <laughs> funny though all right Oilers win 5-2 over the wild 780-496-0063 we have brent on the line hi brent hey reed how are you well, I'm sorry I'm making you follow the goal call, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's hard to follow up, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, uh, we, my wife and I met you guys up at, uh, you and Bob up uh, earlier at uh, Studio 99. Oh, yes, so hello. Good, thanks for calling. Yes. Yeah, no problem. Hey, I wanted to say, I think the team's starting to gel here, and it was nice to see Yamo come back and, and you know, do what he does. Uh, do you think you, they're, go they're going on the right path? Uh, yeah, I think the Oilers are, have played well as of late. Uh, you got to think this is a team right now that has a number of guys out of their lineup that are injured. The team that their big time spent spending goaltender they got in the summer has not rounded into form yet. Yet they're still finding a way to win hockey games and win hockey games against good teams. So, and this isn't a finished product, uh, but I think they're trending in the right direction. Their star players have been fantastic day in, day out, and again, quality goaltending. The thing that allows the Oilers to compete in every single game, if they get good goaltending, they've got an incredible power play, and they got the two biggest game changers in the National Hockey League. So all they're, they're always in a game, and if they get a bounce here or there, they win the games. And if they, if, if one of their two bottom six lines has a good night, well, it's just that's just then a cherry on top. It's a yeah, bonus, sure. yes. So and. The, the, the Oilers' bottom six right now completely different than it will be in a month or two months or three months from now because they're going to start getting uh, their their injured players back. Frank also on the Certainty Hotline. Frank, happy Friday. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, good discussion again. Uh, good game by the Oilers. And I'm glad you guys actually brought up the soccer thing because I'm going to ask Rob a question. I know he's uh, he's a coach at one of the academies, and uh, I'm starting to wonder when you watch soccer, uh, the win at all costs uh, thing, where they're trying to sell the fouls to the referees and flopping around like a bunch of uh, you know what. It is, is it starting to sneak into a lot of other professional sports, including hockey? Because I'm, I'm hearing the words, boy, he really sold that one. You know, I think in the game tonight uh, there was a holding call where the, the Minnesota guy kind of grabbed a stick under his arm. Yeah, you know, the rest, the rest have a tough call as it is, or a tough job as it is. And when players do that on purpose, I guess what I'm trying to bring up is uh, you lose the sportsmanship aspect of, of games. You know, you want to beat a team because you want to, you know, you want to do it fairly. And is this something, Rob, that, that is taught from when these kids are young, how to sell a penalty? Or well, a first, first, when you hear someone say sell it, it's usually the home broadcasting team that's not happy with the call. So they're the ones that are going to say, oh, he really sold that. Uh, on the penalty tonight, it was the dry settle one. And I said afterwards, it wasn't a penalty, but dry settle put his stick in an area he's not allowed to put his stick in. And Zuccarella put his arm over it. Smart play by Zuccarella. 
uh, watch watch Connor uh, when he comes through the neutral zone. He'll pull a guy towards him, and as the guy's trying to grab him to push him away, Connor will throw his head back, and Connor will get the power play out of it. Happens all the time. Uh, okay, I, but is there? I think he's saying, is there more? He's saying, do, are no, no, we told no, to dive, his kids? If it's not out, no die. Like, I still think soccer's well, different, and I don't know what it's like to get kicked in the shin when I'm trying to get a, get a ball. Maybe, and maybe you've been kicked ten times by the same guy. Yeah, but he, but he was, he was talking about selling. Penalty. He wasn't talking about falling down and laying down, which they do in soccer. He was saying, are they selling? Are they trying to, like, well, grabbing a stick like that? Uh, I don't, you're not told to do that. No one, no one coaches minor kids and say, okay, fall down if a guy comes near you. I don't think it's anything anywhere near what it is in soccer. Because I watched the soccer all, all day today, and there was a lot of guys that were laying on the ground, and then the trainer comes out with the magic spray, and all of a sudden they're sprinting well, at 20 miles magic. an hour afterwards. It's very magic because the guy was rolling. He did 26 rolls. I mean, you go back to that. I think it's, is it, how do you say, is it Neymar or Neymar? The guy from oh, Brazil Neymar, yeah. where they had a meme about him because he rolled like 75 times in the last World <laughs> Cup. Um, I, I think what you see with some hockey players is they're disappointed or frustrated that the ref isn't making the call. So they will make sure to brighten up or, or make bigger the the infraction that the other team's doing so that the ref will see it so okay I, I just got a stick in the face you didn't see it next time the stick comes up there and throwing my head back so that's what you're going to see just so that the player gets the call that he thinks he deserves you're never going to see like what it's like in soccer where the the fan well the phantom oh there's a game brazil the other day got a penalty shot because the guy fell down in the in the he didn't get touched but they got a penalty shot out of it and they ended up winning the game. So it's it's never going to be like soccer. But there are players that dive. The NHL put in the rule, though, that the yeah. players could be called they're fined they're for diving. Too, yeah. So I don't think, and okay, you don't hear a whole lot of them, but I do think players will embellish or make the play look a little bit worse than it is simply because they want to make sure the ref makes the right call. Oilers win it 5-2 tonight. Five different goal scorers. Ryan... McDavid, Yamamoto, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins into an empty net. Nugent had three points. Dreisaitl and McDavid had two each. The shots on goal leader, Darnell Nurse, had five shots in 27-23. Zach Hyman also had five shots on goal. A couple guys had four. Uh, Nurse, I mentioned his ice time. That was leading the way for Edmonton. CeCe played 24-54. Uh, several players had three hits. Uh, McDavid, Yamamoto, Kulak, who also got dinged with a couple penalties tonight, and uh, Hyman credited with three hits as well in the Oilers' 5-2 victory. All right, Big Bad Joe is on the Certainty Hotline. Joe, go ahead. Hey, you guys. Good show again, like always. Uh, I think, you know, the train is back on the rails, and I think, you know, it has a lot to do with the last game uh, against the Coyotes. You know, they, they won. They You know, that was just horrible, you know, when he won 8-2. And I think for the confidence of all the players, that came just at the right time. You, have, you, you see that in soccer too. You have good teams, and they are in a funk, and then they need a team, but it's not good. And they just blow, blow them off the field. And, you know, they get the confidence back though. Yeah. And the other thing what I like to say is, fun. I didn't like uh, that first goal, what happened with the first goal. From uh, the wild, that is something that never is allowed to happen. But Nurse did there, and I just think you know they need to get one more tough guy, and we are set for the season. Yeah, bad turnover by Nurse on the first goal. I mean, that yeah, put it right behind the net to Erickson Aku. Made a nice move walking oh, out in front. That was a beautiful move by him. But, I mean, later in the game, though, Dumba did the same thing, and Yamamoto came out and almost scored. Good players make big, bad plays at times, and Nurse made a bad one tonight. As for, and that was a good point, we used to call them confidence builders. When you'd play against a, a bad team and, and you take all your frustrations out on them, and, and Yamamoto scored a goal tonight. When a guy gets a goal, and it might be the seventh goal in, a, in an 8 nothing win, but that gets you off the snide. That all of a sudden is your first goal of the season or you haven't scored in a while. It's a confidence builder. And a lot of players, they'll use that as a momentum going through the next few games. So I, I do believe that uh, the players that had a little bit of offensive juice against the Arizona Coyotes 
will use that confidence going forward and it'll help them as the season moves on. Well, and, and go back to Costin. He looks confident. He made that play out of the corner when Dumba hooked him. Oh, he I mean, beat he, Dumba. He looked yeah. back to the point and then stepped around Dumba. And then he did a drive down the left wing later in the period, and he kind of did a little a little fake at the top of the circle and then took it wide and threw it in front. And I think Ryan just quite wasn't oh, quite just able to missed tip it. That yeah. One, yep. yeah. He's, 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 he understands his role. He's playing well. I, again, there's... There's five or six players on every team that never have to worry about anything. They always know what their position is with the team. Majority of hockey players are playing shift to shift, game to game, and Costin's one of those guys. He knows there's not a lot of opportunities. If things didn't work out here in Edmonton, is there another team that's going to give him a chance? So he's making the best of his, his opportunity here, and he's understanding that when you play on a team with Connor and Leon, the ice time isn't distributed fairly. This isn't a U13 tier 16. Not every kid's getting the same amount of ice time. So when you get out there, you don't know. It might be seven minutes between shifts. You might get six minutes one game. You might get 13 the next. But whatever you t every time you get out there, do something in a positive light. Don't pulk, pout. Don't sulk. Don't sit there and be mad that, oh, we just got, we're out there and we're supposed to stay on the ice, but they iced the puck and now here comes the big guys again. Do something in a positive light, and the coaches will notice it, and you'll be a guy that's going to be sticking around for a long time. All right, and uh, we will give the uh, quick change to that Oilers line tonight for a couple of solid performances for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Oilers win 5-2 over the Wild. They had lost seven consecutive games against Minnesota, so they get it done tonight. KJ is on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, KJ, go ahead. Hey, Rob Reed. Uh, you know what? Uh, you have the best post-game show in Alberta. Oh, thank you. Uh, next. Uh, well, there's only two, so. Well, that's but, better. Well, Pat Steinberg's a good friend of mine, <laughs> so I won't comment. Okay, no more. Number one. Uh, so, number two, uh, Cam Moon and uh, Bob Stoffer, the best play-by-play -play and color in, in Canada, and I love listening to them. So, I have three questions for you, for both of you. Uh, both are just yes or no. I don't want to hear from both of you. Do you guys believe that the Connor McDavid factor comes into play that in just about every game that you get the other team's goaltender's best performance? Yes or no? No. So I don't think okay, that was, was that Robert Robert I don't think that was Flurry's best performance tonight. Okay. Uh, Reed? No, but I think teams get up to play McDavid and Dreisaitl. But it okay. doesn't guarantee that they're going to be able to have a doesn't guarantee they'll have a good performance well look at Shesterkin against uh, the Rangers oh there, there's there's games that the goalies have great games but we've also I mean the kid the other night gave up eight against the Oilers I I, I the goaltenders I don't think they're going into the game saying we're playing against Connor so I'm going to have the best game ever I think they more or less go into the game feeling the same every night they, they've got to make saves and try to be better than the guy on the opposite end I think there's okay, teams, okay. I think teams get up to oh, play against Hunter and Leon. He didn't want us to talk this much. <laughs> okay, okay, no, no problem. No, Rob, you played the game. I, I, I respect that. Uh, second, uh, do they start Skinner next game? Yes, 100. percent Okay, and thirdly, does Connor score 60? Yes. Yes. Awesome guys, good show. Keep it up. Have a good night. All right. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I mean, I know McDavid or uh, Drysaddle last year was a, a goal a game or almost a goal a game for twenty or twenty one games. Mm -hmm. I thought he might get sixty. I, I thought I, we knew he'd slow down. I thought he might get sixty, but I mean, McDavid is just and he hasn't scored an empty netter in a while. I know <laughs> you, he's, you, he's been passed you by Ovi. He'd get ten. I still think he's going to get ten. Right. And Although there might be a, might. there might be a few players. That, I mean, both Ovechkin and. Uh, Gunsel, what, what, Getz will have four for already for Pittsburgh and Washington this year. So there might be a couple guys that get up to 10. But scoring is up. You and I have talked about this. I, I, I talked about it in the summer, you know, when you know I might do an inside sports show where I just kind of have a theory about hockey and see if it makes any sense. But, I, okay, I know the Oilers held them to two tonight, but there, there are more goals, there are more shots, there are more scoring chances. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we've seen some... 
I mean, we've had, you know, five, three games where it's like, man, both goalies were awesome. You, you know? Oh, well, you're and, right. And, and then, you know, if the Oilers are a decent team, which they're looking like, they might be the opportunity for some more empty net goals away. But, but there's more offense. I mean, I, I think leads aren't as safe. I think there's more opportunities for the, the really skilled offensive players, McDavid and others around the league, to make incredible plays and maybe have big nights like Tage Thompson. I know yeah, that was a little, rip, little bit rare, but... Well, tonight, uh, Oilers scored five. I don't think there's any goal that you would say that Fleury should have had. And then Fleury probably made about four saves that you're like, oh, I can't believe he stopped that. Well, I the mean, one on Ryan in the first period was well, incredible. What about the one on Leon Dreisettle where McDavid threw it through the crease? Oh, and he yeah. came up. So, I mean, there's a goalie that played well. The Oilers got five and probably could have had three or four more. You're right. It's uh, the entertainment value in the National Hockey League is at an all-time high. Yeah, so do I think, so what is he at, 25 and 28? So, I mean, that's basically what's, that's 70 goals. Yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll get 60. But I, I, I would think he's got a pretty good chance. Uh, obviously, if he stays healthy. If he stays healthy. Their power play's deadly. And their power play... They're over 30%? It'll be over 30% now, because it was 29.6 yeah. coming into tonight without adding it up here. But, yeah, so there's the opportunity for a lot of goals. Now, I guess Drysaddle gets most of the power play goals. Well, but, but how about this? Connor and Leon both scoring 50 this year. Well, I think that's a realistic possibility I, I as well. I think it is, too. I think Connor's, or what's Leon's? Drysdale's got 19. Yeah. So we just, I mean, really 27 games is a third. So we're at 28 now. So you can still kind of multiply by three. So that's both of them at 50, over 50 goals. Yeah. And w well over 50 on their pace right now. That'd be pretty exciting if that happens this year too. Just adds to the excitement of uh, a big Edmonton Oilers season. All right. Oilers take it 5-2. You'll hear from Zach Hyman when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. The party is jumping as the doors are now open at Edmonton's newest sports bar and lounge, the Canadian Ice House Baby. The Ice House boasts an entertainment experience for sports fanatics right next to Rogers Place. With the most TVs anywhere, a video gaming area, private party room, and go check if you're headed to the game, the Ice House is your next level destination. So kick it with us at the Canadian Ice House. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Cross, Nugent Hopkins down the left side across to McDavid scores! Connor McDavid rips it home. Oilers up 2-0. McDavid's 25th of the season, and the Oilers go on to beat the Minnesota Wild 5-2. Let's go down to the Oilers' dressing room. Here's Zach Hyman. Pretty good about it. It closes here. Yeah, definitely. I, I think this, you know, before this home stand, I don't think we liked our, our home record. Uh, we want to make this place a hard place to play, and I think all last year we did. And uh, I think this home stand has, has been kind of reminiscent of that. And you know, one blip in that Washington game, but other than that, I think uh, you know some complete games, and especially tonight against. A really good Minnesota team. Do you feel like your the team is kind of finding that seven and three in the first ten, and mm -hmm. kind of getting back to that in regards to the success you're having? Definitely. I think I think guys are stepping up. I think uh, we have a lot of guys you know, up front that uh, that are banged up and, and not playing. And you know, we got Yamo back, which was great, and, and he's obviously made an impact uh, since he's been back. Big goal for him tonight. And then you know, guys are, are getting called up like uh, Hamlin playing. You know, just steady. For, for a guy who's only got a couple games in the league, doesn't make many mistakes. So uh, great to see everybody contributing, four lines contributing. Just a steady lineup, like you got a line with uh, the Ryan Costin uh, line is just playing the same every night. Yeah, don't forget Shore. Don't forget Shore. Yeah, sure. Playing yeah. well too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the point, I guess, would be you're not coming to the rink and seeing four new lines all no. the time because yeah. two guys are hurt or that guy's out. That's got to make a difference, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think when you're getting contributions throughout the lineup, uh, it's, it's awesome. I think it provides momentum for the team. It's, uh, you know, you get off to an earlier, you know, a quicker start. I think that's kind of been an issue early on is, is our starts. I think the last couple of starts have been, have been good. Um, and I think it just gives confidence to everybody throughout the lineup. And I think a lot of guys are playing more now uh, than they had in the beginning of the year. Um, and uh, they're contributing, right? So I think uh, it's, it's really important for a, for a team effort. 
it's kind of the blueprint. Sorry, we're going first here. I didn't realize there was a question coming. This is kind of the blueprint you think for this this team, like Yeah, I think we're finding our game. I think we have another another level. Um, I think throughout a 82 game season. Um, you, you, you want to steady the roller coaster as much as possible, but it's uh, you know there's ups and downs, right? And and by the end of it, you hope to find out what type of team you are and, and how you know, how you're going to be successful in the playoffs, right? So I think that uh, this homestand has kind of gotten us back to you know what our identity is and and being a hard team to play against at home. So uh, we I think there were what are we 28 games into the season, so uh, rounding around that one third mark. So it's uh, it's a good time to figure out who we are. So uh, yeah, you guys run into some turbulence, and, and did, are you finding in the last eight games where you're two and six that you're kind of it was an important stretch, and you guys were able to turn it around? What are you seeing out of this team that enabled you to kind of do that? Yeah, I think first and foremost, just like I said, contributions throughout the lineup. I think uh, from everybody, right? Just just chipping in and stepping up when you have uh, important pieces out of the lineup. It's it's extremely important. So that's first and foremost. And I think uh, for us, you know, when, I think when we don't turn the puck over and we take care of the puck and we play fast, I think that's when we're at our best. And that's when we're generating chances. Uh, when we give the other team easy layups, you know, that's where we fall behind, right? So I think we've been uh, managing the puck a lot better. And then obviously this homestand, getting back to playing the right way at home is, is really important. Zach Hyman with an assist in 1950 of ice time. Five shots on goal, three hits, helping the Edmonton Oilers knock off the Minnesota Wild 5-2 to improve to 16-12 and 12 on the season. Get more on this game, more on the Oilers on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Next game broadcast, same two teams, different location, Oilers at Minnesota on Monday, 4.30 for the face-off show, puck drop at 6, and of course, Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2. We have been live in Studio 99 for Everton Oilers Hockey presented by Friesen Brothers. Thanks to our game day engineer, Troy Bowler, and our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers snap a seven-game losing streak against the Wild with a 5-2 decision. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.